Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, I'm John Markar. Hello, I'm Amy Shaw. <laughs> And welcome to the Driven Chat Podcast. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Well, hello. It's one of those episodes where, well, I like these ones because it's basically myself and Amy Shaw sat in a room talking nonsense about cars for about an hour or so. Yay. How are you, Amy Shaw? I'm very well. Thank you, John Marker. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Good. I'm all right. It feels like it's been years again since we've seen you it has only been a month but um you've had a busy old busy old few weeks haven't you yeah it's been quite busy um all of the the travel and all of the holidays are all in the one month because it's squashed in after the summer rush and before the winter dip so uh yeah it's been a busy one but um i'm so very glad to be here and seeing your face (laughs) how flattering how flattering uh run me through the various countries and locations and before we hit record, you were mentioning about the, the time frame in which you were kind of at one point in somewhere not very glamorous, then suddenly Oman and then suddenly somewhere else. And <laughs> so try and run me through it again. Yes. So I started off the end of September, beginning of October. I was on a lovely motorcycle trip with my dad around oh, Wales. And so nice. I borrowed a very lovely motorbike, which I'll talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we basically got back from that trip at 3.30 on the Sunday and then four o'clock so half an hour later i then had to leave the house to then go and catch a flight that evening to go to oman which Ooh. for those of you who don't know is in the middle east um it's my first time into the middle east that was very very lovely cool. um not very many classic cars there but meh 
it was it was a very nice country. Uh, got back and then had a couple of days at home. Actually, you know what? I've had about a week at home, which is good. Okay. Uh, I go away um, this weekend, which if you're listening, will be the weekend just gone. I'll still be on holiday when you're listening to this. Do you know what? So will I. <laughs> oh, well, you... At the point that this episode goes out, you are on holiday and so am I. Oh, lucky us. Yeah. Are you more glamorous places than me? Uh, where are you going? York. Uh, yes, <laughs> but only slightly. Where are you? I going? wouldn't say glamorous, but it'll be it'll sort of be a bit warmer. I'm I'm off back to the island. I'm back to Tenerife. Oh. <laughs> My home from home. Okay, just a little bit more glamorous then. Yeah. Not saying that York isn't glamorous. No, York's beautiful. York is beautiful. Yeah. Booked a boat ride and everything. Have you? Yeah. Oh, that <laughs> sounds fun. It will be nice. But yeah, so I mean, we we get back from York on on the Monday evening, um, and then. I have to go straight to the, the airport to then fly t- tomorrow, Tuesday, uh, to go to America for nine days, ten days. Is and that then work? That is work, but it's very fun work. I'm working for the um, like American Tourist Board. So What? Yeah, it's, it's what I did with Oman as well. And it's amazing because I just get to be a tourist. This is why I say yes to these jobs. <laughs> That's so cool. It's really cool. What, so you, you're basically going out to, I'm assuming to take photographs. Yes. And then you... Just use those photographs that go onto the American Tourist Board website. Yeah, and basically, you get to do all the things that the American Tourist Board are trying to get tourists to do. Yes, and then they talked to, they asked me to talk about all the things I'm doing, and which I would happily do. And so, yeah, oh, so this goodness. the American one. I'm going flying into Kentucky and then doing Kentucky North and then South Carolinas. So oh, yeah, that should be quite nice. Brilliant. Yeah, not going to be bad. But then I land back from that about a week and a bit later, and then the following day I go to Cornwall with my mum. Because that is quite the uh, <laughs> quite the whistle stop tour. Yes, Kentucky to Cornwall, <laughs> both deep south, but very different aspects. Exactly. Yes, but anyway, it should all be very fun. But so it does mean that if you're listening to this and I haven't replied to an email, this is why to you. Ah. That is it. Because <laughs> there are this is the public way of saying <laughs> I'm not ignoring you. I am actually just a bit busy. There are many many emails I have not got back to. What are you going to say when you get to American passport control? I, you, you've done the states a few times. Haven't yes. You? And you know that bizarre, terrifying cue that you do before you get to passport control? I hate and then you it get so much. Get, Why are you here? And you're like, um, it's, uh, it's kind, kind of, of work, <laughs> but not work. But um, I'm mainly, would it be easier if I just said on holiday? And then I don't know what holiday is. So you have to use the word vacation. So what are you going to say? You're there to be a tourist, I, yeah. but to work. I don't really know. I've not quite figured. Usually I figure that out with like a, a cold sweat panic in the queue. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't want to be sh- like pushed back onto the plane saying you've got the wrong visa or you've yeah. got to go or anything like that. So the crucial question is if they say, are you earning money whilst you're here? The answer is no. No, no money. No. None at all. No. <laughs> earning the money in the United Kingdom. Very separately. Yes. You yeah. know what? In total truth, that is it. I'm there being hired go. by a British agency, so that is it. Oh, then you're fine. <laughs> yeah. You're a tourist on vacation. That I am. There we are. Sorted. Panic over. Grand. Have you been busy? Uh, yes. You could say that. Yeah, it has been quite busy. It's been mainly, you know, I've not been travelling to Amman and places. I think the furthest I've travelled since we last saw each other... Oh, no, I did go to Italy, but that wasn't... That was nice. A, that was a bit of a holiday, so that was quite nice. Lovely. Bloody love Italy. Oh, oh it's my good. God, it is the best country in the world. Carbohydrates, wine, great weather, oh. great people. Tuscany as well. So, mm. yeah, exactly. Amazing wine. The best people in the world. The best food in the world. Fight me, anyone that disagrees. <laughs> oh, it's just the best. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, hired a little car. I, did a, I took a risk, actually, with my car hire, which people that follow me on Instagram would have seen. Uh, but I decided to 
go for what's called the sixth car roulette. I don't know if I'm pronouncing Ooh, sixth properly. I've always called it called it sixth. sixth. Somebody yeah. called it something else recently, and I was like, is that what it's supposed to be? Can't remember. Sixth. Yeah, it was like it didn't even resemble the letters <laughs> in the word. But yeah, I I thought I'd be really clever, much to the delight of my girlfriend, to uh, rather than just book the car that we wanted. I saw this thing with uh, sixth car roulette, which had like. Um, shamrocks and like lucky symbols around it like oh we <laughs> book this one and you might get something really cool so there's me thinking i'm gonna put i'm gonna get a like maserati or something when i arrive um high expectations for a uh, chain car well, rental place i know for a fact they have them and they have lovely they have bmw x7s and all sorts i was like oh this would be great and they said we can guarantee it'll be i think the booking was we guarantee it's going to be a saloon car uh so a big car with a boot um and then they, they kind of tease you with lots of images of SUVs and things and like big luxurious cars. And I thought, this is, this is it. You know, to me, I'm thinking, you wouldn't do that as a, a company or an agency. You wouldn't do that unless you were going to upgrade people because otherwise you're only going to get bad feedback. Mm-hmm. People, people are going to want to get there and go, aha, look at this. I thought I was getting a Fiat Panda and I've got a Maserati Ghibli or something. Um, <laughs> Turns out that's complete tosh because <laughs> I arrived at Pisa Airport and the lovely lady in the sixth car rental office said, "Oh, you've booked the uh, you've booked the roulette. We've arranged a lovely car for you. It's brand new." I was like, "Oh, right, here we go." Girlfriend's waiting outside. She's not yet. Uh, she has no idea what we're getting. Neither do I. But at this point, I'm still quite confident. She said, uh, "It's a, a Jeep," and I went, "Okay, uh, right." And uh, then she said, and it's uh, the most beautiful colour. I don't know how to say it in English. Um, turquoise, turquoise. Oh. And I went, turquoise. <laughs> Turqu- it's a turquoise Jeep. Uh, she was elated by this. You know, she was so excited. She thought this is going to be, this guy is going to be so excited that we've upgraded him to a turquoise Jeep. Anyway, collected the keys, walked outside. Um, there is lovely girlfriend looking all apprehensive and I went yeah so um let's uh why don't we just go and have a look and there it was in all its glory <laughs> and we opened it I moved the car forward to put the boot uh, put the bags in the boot um I then got out of the car I looked at the car I looked at Amy's face my other half and went yeah I, I don't think uh you didn't I, I don't change the this. key I walked back into the sixth John Marker <laughs> I walked back into the sixth rental and um the lady, again, lovely lady, who at this point was serving somebody else, but she could see I'd walked back in, a bit like she did that face of like, oh no, what's happened? And I said, um, yeah, sorry to, sorry to interrupt. I'm just wondering, is there an option to have a, a different car? And she looked at me with a very puzzled face and said, um, what, what, why, what, what is it that you don't like about the car? And I couldn't really think of anything, so I just said, everything? <laughs> so I got one series BMW instead. <laughs> Which I think, strictly speaking, was a downgrade, but there was absolutely no way I was going to be driving around in a turquoise, I can't even, a renegade Jeep? No, I don't know what it was. It was horrid. I'm slightly disappointed in you. I would have thought that you love that kind of colour scheme. No. Yeah. No. Turquoise on a Jeep. Not for you. Jeep is a bad start. Turquoise is an even worse continuation. Yeah, no. Okay, fair enough. So <laughs> You've just let that poor lady down, thinking, I don't oh, I understand know. humans anymore. She thought, I, I'm convinced, as far as she was concerned, she was handing me the keys to a Ferrari Pura Sangue. She was like, <laughs> this guy's going to love this car. Bless her. No, no, no. 
So yeah, that was that. But yeah, Italy. My goodness me, amazing, 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 amazing. Did uh, we were there for a wedding and it was just great. But yeah, we filled a week of uh, pizza and pasta and mm. amazing wine and lovely. Just brilliant. Best country in the world. Yummy. Bar none. <laughs> I'm just identify as an Italian. I've decided. You look quite, quite Italian. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everyone there was being very nice and speaking to me in Italian. I was like, hey, I'm going to scrape by. Not at all. <laughs> um, but that is one of the things I love about that country as well. It's, it's not like Spain where you go and just everyone speaks English mm-hmm. uh, or certain parts of France. In Italy, they don't care about speaking English. And why should they? So yeah. you kind of have to. There's a lot of Google Translate going on and pointing at things. <laughs> but yeah, brilliant. Love it. Love it's it. Love a country it. country I would look forward to going back to soon. Yeah. I have no plans, but. I will make the plans. Hey, Italian tourist board, need a photographer. <laughs> <laughs> because this girl's I mean... got experience. <laughs> what a job. Imagine that. You could just go from tourist board to tourist board. That would be amazing. Doing road trips. That's basically, that's currently what I'm doing and I'm loving it. Sorry. It's, it's yeah. If you would like to send a message of uh, disdain <laughs> and um, jealous distaste to Amy Shaw, it's podcast at drivenchat.com. But I mean, funnily enough, the reason why I'm going to York this weekend is because somebody said, hey, I've got this apartment. Do you want to stay in it? You know, if you get a few oh photographs for me. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> I'm giving, paying photographs, but, you know, I can't deny. Being able to have tradable things that are, is not money. <laughs> tradable assets. Yeah. It's very, very helpful. We'll shoot for dot, 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 anything. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's nice. Well, there we are. So, yes. Perfect. <laughs> We have some lovely letters that people We do. Sent we actually do have stories and letters and questions and things that we're going to try and get through. We should have said that at the beginning, really. This Sorry, is like an episode where we're doing listeners' letters. I completely forgot. But it's I'll, all I'll about put it in the you. titles. You've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, look at me thinking ahead to what I'll be doing this afternoon, editing this. <laughs> uh, yeah, we do have some letters. Do you want to get started with any in particular? Oh, actually, there is one thing I wanted to point out because it, we talked about it before we did this, the last one of these, which was back in july and you showed me a very lovely message on your phone yes. from one of our listeners and instagram followers called harrison wade and yes. we first mentioned harrison's name in i think maybe our first or second ever listeners letters episode where he if my memory is correct he sent us an email saying uh, what would your advice be for a young person in the world of automotive looking to get into it uh, photography, journalism, writing, events, that sort of stuff. And we could all kind of chip in with a bit of, I could say, expertise and in inverted commas with finger marks. Because we're all just blacking here, let's be honest. Yeah. So uh, we did reply, and gosh, that was over a year ago, and he replied to you. He did. He sent me a very, very lovely message. I'll read it out to you. Mm. Last year, I sent an email in asking for advice about getting into the automotive industry as a, as a career, and what you came back with was honestly so valuable to me. I took what you all said on board after my studies and have since landed a position at New Zealand Autocar magazine, writing their news content. Well done, Harrison. That is amazing. I've even hosted a few little car meets here and there and made heaps of connections in the community, which was something else you all suggested that I did too. You are all such wonderful inspirations to people like myself, even on the other side of the world in New Zealand. Keep up the great work, guys. I'm always listening when I can. That is amazing. That's why we do it, kids. Honestly, uh, that Harrison, thank you so, so much for sending that in because it. This is a. it's a very strange... Uh, vocation this I mean we both have other bits and pieces that we do but ultimately sitting in a room and talking into a microphone 
and talking to other people about their careers and things is quite a strange thing to do. And I know, here's the weird thing, I see the listener figures, I see how many hundreds of thousands of people have now downloaded our episodes, and it's many hundreds of thousands of people, which is incredible. But it's when we get those little, little insights into who it is that's listening and how they are, uh, how our nonsensical chit chat might have helped <laughs> in some way or just entertained or it is amazing. So thank mm. you. Thank you so much. And congratulations. It's that is amazing. That's really, really well really done. Cool. So if anyone else is listening, thinking I, you know, I'm desperate to get into this and I want to have a go. And there's your proof. It is a case of just having a go, getting stuck in, be interested in it, be interested, crack on. Go and work for Autocar in, was it Autocar? Yes, yeah, in Autocar New Zealand. Autocar in your local, your local <laughs> country. Other uh, media outlets are available. <laughs> or maybe Driven Chat can work for us. <laughs> Email me. <laughs> uh, right, so that's a lovely start. Yes, yeah, so letters, letters, letters. Do you want to, should we start with a letter? Should we start with some questions? Yeah, let's start with a, with a letter. Okay. I don't know, have we got, I haven't got a li- the list of questions. Are there questions? Oh, we've got, I've got a few questions. Okay. Um, so uh, we, we're blagging our way through this episode, let's yeah. be honest. We've not structured this at all, dear no. listener. We are surrounded by <laughs> various piles of paper. Hear them? And I've got some scribbles written in front of me and well, we'll just go through them. Okay. Whatever. I feel like I'm, I'm taking a, a really fun one from you, a story. <gasps> Is it the mini one? It's the mini one. Damn it. I know. No, I like it. <laughs> I go like for it. it as well. Because I think both of us as classic mini enthusiasts mm-hmm. and owners, we can probably back this up with stories of our totally, own Totally, well. absolutely. So go for it. Okay, right. So this story has come in from Callum. So, hello, John and Amy. Hello. The story of my first car is one I'd love to share whenever the topic arises. It was a mini thousand that the previous owner had badly painted the horrible BMC mustard yellow. I believe the colour was called Chartreuse. That's, we had to Google how to say this. Chartreuse yellow. Very good. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> or something like that. But I could never work out if that was the intended colour or not. Mm-hmm. Now... This was in the mid-noughties, when minis weren't really worth a lot. I paid £500 for it, which at the time was probably about £200 more than what it was worth. As previously mentioned, the paint was a bit rough, had signs of bubbling in the usual mini areas. However, the floor looked okay, fairly solid. Mm-hmm. Cool. Sounds like a good buy so far. Mm. So, for the first month of ownership, me and my dad spent a lot of time playing around with the engine getting it running right. We eventually got it to a good stage where it was all running well and was fairly reliable. I like that it wasn't reliable. It's always fairly. fairly. Reliable, which is very fair in classic car terms. Because yeah. you're not going to go, oh no, it's faultless, it's fine. It's, you know, it's okay. It's fairly reliable, yeah. A few months passed and it was due its MOT. It did pass, but with a list of advisories as long as your arm. Most mentioning various bits of, quote, non-structural bodywork. This didn't surprise me, as on a number of occasions, whilst driving in the rain, I had got wet feet. Ah. A few months later, on a cold December night, I was driving home from the pub that I worked at, which was in the middle of nowhere. The journey back towards the town that I lived was a long and winding country road, which was always a lot of fun to drive down. This was a road I had driven up and down so often I could probably have driven it in my sleep. However, on this particular night, I somehow forgot about the small but very humped humpback bridge ah. <laughs> i think we've all done we all, we've we've all, all done, done this. a surprise humpback bridge <laughs> in our time so, so callum continues and says so i was doing around 40 ish i saw the sign for the bridge just a fraction too late the mini 
took off. I, <laughs> I, I came out of my seat and hit my head on the roof. Oh, my goodness. Myself and the Mini flew through the air for what felt like 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> the Mini landed with a crash. I landed back into my seat, <laughs> which proceeded to break through the floor, <laughs> hitting the tarmac below. <laughs> it created a shower of sparks, a huge amount of noise and general panic from me. <laughs> I slammed on the brakes and pulled over as quickly as I could, which happened to be in a farm driveway. I got out, got out of the car very shaken up and realised that I had an egg-sized lump on the, on the top of my head, as well as some slight burn marks on my buttocks from, oh, where, from where the seat had heated up. How far oh, was he scraping down the road? <laughs> God, it sounds like a meteorite. <laughs> just the vision of it is yeah. just fantastic. <laughs> oh dear, okay, well... <clears throat> After getting out, I stood staring at my car for a few minutes, amazed at what had happened, when the farmer whose entrance I'd parked in came to see what had happened, slash tell me to go away. Mm. He initially was very angry, until I explained what had happened, then all he did was laugh at me. Brilliant, of course he did. <laughs> Once he had stopped laughing at me, he offered to help me get home, so we ended up building a false floor in the car using a, uh, using a broken-up pallet. We bolted my seat to the pallet and I managed to drive it home. Not wanting to get into trouble with my parents, I immediately covered up the pallet floor with what was left of the mini's carpet. <laughs> <laughs> I, ended up, I ended up driving it around like this for about two weeks as I didn't have enough money to get it repaired. Thanks to some Christmas money, I got it repaired in early January, all without my mum finding out. Brilliant. My dad did end up finding out because unbeknownst to, the, uh, to me, the guy that welded the new floor in played football with my dad. Ah, uh, yes. That'll, <laughs> that'll, that'll, do, that'll it. do it. Yeah. Luckily, he eventually saw the funny side of it all and agreed it best be, it'd be better to not tell mum. Mm. I really wished I had pictures, but I didn't own a camera phone at the time. Remember when we didn't have camera phones? Oh, yeah. Yes. My mum did eventually find out and has since, <laughs> since made my dad check every car that I've owned. Unfortunately, about two months after the, I got the floor repaired, I skidded on black ice on the same road and rolled oh, the car over a hedge at less than sick. 20 miles an hour, which annoyingly didn't damage the car other than denting the roof, which subsequently wrote off the car. I ended up selling the car to a friend who did grass track racing. I almost cried when he hit the roof with a clenched fist, which made it spring back into place. He ended up putting, <laughs> putting a roll cage in it and raced it for a number of years. It did eventually go for scrap, which was a shame, but such is life. I've owned a classic mini ever since, but I'll never forget the Colonel and the adventures that we had. Hope you enjoyed this story. Really? And uh, always makes me smile thinking back. Regards, Callum. Thank you, Callum. <laughs> that is a very good story. I like as well the fact that... I. I I think we can all relate to a similar scenario where we think something's very broken and we take it to somebody else and they do something incredibly simple like punch the roof so that it goes back to shape. And of course, the irony that he'd previously headbutted the roof. Yes. So you could say you might have already weakened it by headbutting it yeah. uh, and then could have put the dent back. But that is a shame. Oh, dear. I mean, great I, I, story. it is a great story. I, I, have an, I have a story I, I won't go into now of my dad having a very similar um, experience with the humpback bridge as well. But ah. I think I've spoken about it on the podcast in the past. And I, don't, I, I can't Possibly. remember. So I don't want to bore listeners. But <laughs> if anybody wants to hear that again, if you've not heard it already, then it involves a motorcycle and a fruit and veg van. So, oh, um, I've heard that story. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know if it has been on the podcast. Yeah, I might try to too bad. <laughs> Certain things my memory is amazing for, but things that I and you and I have spoken about, no idea. No, I, I can't. Um, no. Yeah. Well, we. I, I particularly like that story because we're both, as I said before, classic mini 
aficionados. We like it. Yes. My first car was a classic Mini. Your first car was a classic Mini? I call it my first car because it's the first one I bought myself. Yes. Well, yes. there you go. It counts. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, nobody has ever had a classic Mini, unless you're now one of these absolute maniacs that's going out and spending 60 or 70 grand on a classic Mini. What are you doing? But <laughs> nobody's going out and buying classic Minis, certainly for sub a thousand pounds and not having a, a, a myriad of disasters and things. <laughs> I, I remember my one, I've ended up, it burnt more oil than fuel nice. to start with. Cool. So it plumed blue smoke out of the back. <laughs> um, it was a mini, uh, it was a Rover era, so it would have been 1989, I think it was, a Rover Mini Checkmate. Um, yeah, so that promptly got a new engine. Um, God, yeah, they, they are... I crashed that. It was my first car that I ever crashed, but we managed to get that back on the road. And it's when you have a crash in a Mini that you realise, oh, hmm, they are quite... Um, <laughs> Tinny. Quite, um, quite the danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I was once told that if, you're, if you know you're going to have mainly a head-on collision in a Mini, they said, don't bother trying to brake any further. Lift your knees up and mm. put them on the seat next to you because otherwise you're going to concertina. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, ooh, nice one. I remember that one. It's a good one. Touch wood. I've not had to do that just yet. Do you want to do a, a question Ooh. or another story? I'm going to do a question. Oof, so I okay. take a sip of water. Uh, from, I don't have your surname, Claire. It just says Claire. But I'll read it out. I like this. This is to you and I. You both seem like such nice people. God, I haven't nice. ever met either of you, but I've been following you both on social media for a couple of years. What I'd like to know is do either of you ever get road rage when driving on the road? I can't imagine either of you ever being angry or unpleasant to another road user. Well, Claire, that's very kind. Um, Thank you, Claire. Amy, I read that question to Amy before we started recording this, and Amy immediately went, well, I did actually cause some road rage this morning. So, Claire, the illusion's about to be shattered. Well, okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll briefly skim over the road rage that I caused this morning. <laughs> you know when you get and I suppose this is a bit of a I do so Claire to, to sum up my answer first yes I do get road rage but I'm quite good at containing it most of the time so I would say it's more road frustration which I think we all get and just it's a level it's a, it's a sliding scale of frustration I don't think I've ever shouted oh, no I probably have shouted at somebody but less so now I'm a grown up <laughs> more, more of a grown up so you know when you leave the, the um, average speed 50 mile an hour when you're driving through roadworks mm. and then it goes to national speed limit yes and then there's that person that's not seen the national speed limit ah. and still sat at 50 miles an hour right anyway so I suddenly became behind this 50 mile an hour person and just was like oh look check my mirror and I was like that car is coming up but it's not fast enough pulled into the fast lane mm. he thought that i pulled in front of him which he anyway and he flipped me off and so i stuck my tongue out at him <laughs> so, that's the but road then, rage what happened then was silly because then he stayed in the fast lane even though i then pulled back yeah. in thinking i had loads of time you're just going either too fast or mm. you know getting too angry i pulled back into the middle lane you know let him go past and he sat at like 60 miles an hour in the fast lane and i just was like Brilliant. but why Anyway, so the thing that gives me the most road rage, I think, is when people don't do the appropriate speed limit. I understand being yeah, safe. Yeah, yeah. But if you're on a, I don't know, country lane that's straight, it's not even like a wiggly one, it's a straight one, and you're sat at 43 miles an hour, then I'm, I, that would frustrate me. Yeah. I, I end up overtaking people in the Mini and the MGB, which I shouldn't be able to do. <laughs> that's <laughs> it's true though and I feel like we've lost the art as 
I say we collectively, we the British motorist, have lost the art and understanding of overtaking. And <laughs> I, I don't know, I, I don't know about you, but that is a brilliant scenario of a 60 mile per hour little A road or B road and the car doing 40. So you overtake it because you can, you need to be going 20 miles or you, you're allowed to be going 20 miles an hour faster. So you overtake at the speed limit and people get so angry about it. And it's, you know, we're not talking about overtaking on blind corners, mm-hmm. a perfectly legal, clear, safe to do so overtake. And people just seem to get absolutely irate about the fact that they've somehow lost Mm-hmm. But bizarre. I also find that if you're in either a classic car or a supercar of sorts, a sporty car of sorts, yes, they yeah. get they, they speed up as you're overtaking. That's terrible. Yes, it should be punishable by death. It should. Be. It's fine if you're in a supercar or something fast because you're like, ha, lol, yeah. bye. Watch this, bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But when you're in a little mini and you're like, you have spent far too long at forty, and now this is mm. my chance. Then um, this is what see road rage coming out. But no, what about you, John Marker? Road rage? No, I wouldn't say I get road rage. Uh, <laughs> I am fascinated by it, and I it, it's one of my strange guilty pleasures in life is seeing somebody else with rogue rage. I think it's hilarious because it's one of those things. I love the psychology of it. I love the idea that I don't know what it is. I need to explore it further at some point, but this psychology of we're in our little box and therefore nothing can harm us. And people just get so angry. And this is what I, I'm always fascinated by. It's the, the level of anger as if they've watched their firstborn child be dangled over a fire. They, but all that's actually happened is somebody's tried to squeeze in front of them on a roundabout, perhaps innocently being in the wrong lane. Mm-hmm. And you see people absolutely screaming and, you know, waving their arms so frantically that it's actually moving the car. That sort of thing does fascinate me. I, yeah. I wouldn't say I suffer from it my, myself. Um, I always think, you know, if somebody wants to cut in and drive like a, dick to use that word uh i i yeah i just think oh let me get on with it that's because that's a them problem it is it's very much a them problem it doesn't need to be a me problem um yeah i i, I was driving into central london this week actually to go and record our radio show and it was one of those situations where the car you're in a two-lane dual carriageway that filters into one lane because the dual carriageways come to an end you're approaching a little junction or something so two lanes go into one and I like the idea, I like the logic that if you're driving along and you're kind of, the car in front has given way to somebody, then the car beside them is going to give way. So you kind of feed in like a zipper, mm-hmm. the teeth of a zip. They all yep. just kind of melt in like cogs in a machine. It I think that all... there are even signs in, I know at least in New Zealand, my, my brother sent me a photograph mm. and it's say it, they are literally merge like a zip. And oh. I'm like, is, wouldn't that be wonderful to have those wouldn't signs in the UK? Wonderful? And here's the other thing, right? Because this this is a, a mer- the merging thing is one that, uh, sorry, Claire, we're divert, like, seriously going <laughs> off on tangents from your question, but I will come back to it. The the merge thing, again, people need to understand that you merge late. Don't, yes. if a, if you're going along a two-lane road and, you, and you've got a sign that says in 600 yards, the, the road will merge from two lanes to one, then merge in 600 yards. Don't do it now. Don't do it half a mile ahead of time. Because the most efficient way, it's designed to do this, the road networks are designed to do this, the most efficient way is that everyone merges at the last minute mm-hmm. and then that lovely zip thing happens. Because otherwise, you've got people trying to get into a left-hand lane, or a right-hand lane if you're driving on the other side of the world, hello America, slash everyone else in the world. Other than <laughs> us. Um, you're then holding up that lane and your lane. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you just drink to the end, then you can do that lovely zip thing. But people don't seem to get it and it drives me absolutely insane. And then they get annoyed at you. They're like, oh, you know, that idiot that's whizzed out yeah. down the lane. And you're like, but that's that's, that's the idea. It <laughs> it's, it's just how the system works. It's been yep. designed like this. 
um, it absolutely riles me. And you know, and I, I will say it. You know, if there's a if it's a two lane to one, and there's a half a mile to a mile of queues in the left hand lane, nothing in the right hand lane. I'm driving to the end. Yeah, I'm, I'm that driving to the well. end to go in because that is the efficient way of doing it. I get why the majority are there in the left because you're polite lovely people and you think what you're doing is the polite lovely thing but in actual fact you're holding up <laughs> everybody behind you everybody stop it just stop it and that is the rage that goes around in my head i get to the end and instead i'm like oh God. <laughs> but yeah i mean i get wound up I, I get annoyed lane discipline as i've ranted about many times before annoys me um yeah people driving along at 66 miles an hour in the middle lane while somebody's overtaking them in the overtaking lane or lane three at 67 miles an hour, but there's absolutely nothing in lane one. And you're like, what's going That frustrates on? me as well. Um, I think the only time I've actually got angry mm. at a at a driver, and I think I, it's well justified, is um, a chap who knocked me off my motorcycle. Oh, well, that's so, <laughs> so at a, at a roundabout, and then um, as you do as a roundabout, if it's a busy roundabout, you're, you're often looking to your right as the for the oncoming yeah. tra- traffic. Yeah. As he was crawling forwards, he didn't ah. notice that I had not gone right. with the person I was riding with. But he was so, also looking to the right. See, so, yes, yeah. he was looking to the right. And so I was just, you know, sat on my motorbike looking right for when it's my turn to go. And then noticed that I was being pushed by a, a car. And I was oh. like, well, hang on a minute. <laughs> and then he went to go. And he was, but he was joined onto my motorcycle at this point because he didn't look oh. forwards. And um, anyway, so I yeah got sideways, bike was in first gear, shot off into the, the side of the road. I was on the floor but not on the floor for very long mm. anyway the, I, I was i was the full angry amy at that oh. point <laughs> I, I looked see angry amy. <laughs> i looked bigger and scarier because i had a big helmet on and leathers and you couldn't see that i was not a very scary person <laughs> <laughs> but anyway no that was the last time that was years ago. they were well they were very apologetic at the time and even said you know totally my fault i said no worries mm. there's not really much damage to the, to the bike you know i think the um the few bent bits on i think that one of the 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 handley bits had snapped but nothing nothing that meant i couldn't carry on riding it and then i said he was like no worries i'll I'll pay for the repairs and i said okay so i dropped a message when i found out how much the repairs were they weren't that much it was probably 300 quid worth of of a few bits or something like that and he never replied and Uh, so i was like well you obviously weren't that sorry (laughs) so but never mind and now we're going to read his mobile number out on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) but there we are road rage road rage yeah yeah Yeah. no i i i I, yeah, life's too short for that nonsense. Yeah. You know, let people do what they need to do if it makes them feel better. <laughs> Don't allow yourself. What is it, that lovely saying? To argue with a clown is to but join the circus oneself. Oh, I like mm, that. That's very true. That is good. I think of that a lot. So, yeah, there you go. Thanks, Claire. Um, the answer is no, we don't get road rage, except Amy does when she gets knocked off her motorcycle and then doesn't follow up politely when the person doesn't pay for the motorcycle damage. Yeah, I didn't chase him down. Maybe I should. Nah. How, how long ago was it? It was ages ago now. I was ah, thinking about it. It was like I bet there's four. a no win, no fee lawyer listening to this game. Right, Probably. Like email address, podcast at <laughs> Hello, Amy. It was about four years ago, something oh, okay. like that. Yeah. 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 Um, should we have another story? Go for it. Do you want to read it? I'll go for a story. Go yeah. for it. What, which one are you picking out for me? Ooh, um, oh, let me have a look. Ooh, and some of the, oh, I don't know. There's some, there's some good ones. Let's go with um, Jax, because I've not fully read Jax. Oh, good. So it'll be a surprise to me too. Can I have it? Oh, you <laughs> <laughs> I thought you had a, a pile. No, I don't have a, I don't have a pile myself. <laughs> right, Jack. The subject, Jack's Le Mans 
funny story. Oh. So, hello, Driven Chat. Hello. Hello, Jack. My story goes, after an eventful weekend at the Le Mans Classic back in 2012 with my mate Ollie in both our Hillman Imps, we were making our way back home down one of France's many motorways. Passing a garage, Ollie suddenly decided we needed fuel and sharply turned down the slip road. I followed suit. Okay. Good move, Ollie. Mm-hmm. Getting a, getting a feeling I know all about Ollie here. <laughs> During the harsh swerve, he managed to throw a stone up and smash my windscreen. Oof. I couldn't see a thing, and it was starting to sprinkle tiny bits of glass into my face. Not this fun. Is the, this is the joy of classic cars before <laughs> safety glass. When the windscreen smashed, they actually smashed. So, yep. Yeah. I rang for a tow truck, collected the car, and we stayed at a hotel. The next morning, I used... The business card the driver of the truck had given me to locate the car. I went to the yard to ask if I could drive it there and then. However, the woman in charge, who I saw a strict and scary headmistress character, very good, Mm -hmm. shouted, I'd have to collect it in the afternoon. It was the morning at this point. We had the Eurotunnel to catch, so I thought, sod this. Crept past her window so she couldn't see me. Pulled the ruined windscreen out with the help of a towel left on the floor and drove the car straight out of the yard. <laughs> I'm imagining like one of those movie-esque things where there's the, the padlock chain over the, over the gate and they go bashing <laughs> through. <laughs> Ten minutes later, whilst consulting a map, I had a French bloke come over and look at both cars. Wait, wait can I just rewind a little mm. bit? So this means he's driving this car without a without windscreen. Wind, yeah. <laughs> Got it. I wonder yeah. if, do you need to wear goggles or anything? Because that's a lot of wind. That's, uh, a, that's a face of wind. Yeah. I, I'd also be worried that the the wind going into the car might blow out the windows at the back because you've effectively got one big windsock. Yes. <laughs> Maybe you had to open the back windows to let the air flow yeah, out. Yeah, you'd have to. Or open the boot. <laughs> open something. the yeah. boot, yeah. Ten minutes later, whilst consulting a map, I had a French bloke come over, look at both cars, pointed at the empty space where my window was and disappeared into his motorhome. Five minutes later, he returned with a dome shape cut out of cardboard. He taped it just in front of the window washers and bingo, I had a splitter to deflect the wind out of no my face. Way. <laughs> this is excellent. That cardboard splitter lasted until driving past Birmingham when it heavily rained. Oh. What an adventure. Shout outs to Oliver Jackson with a red 1967 Hillman Imp Super and a random helpful French bloke. Oh, thanks, random helpful French bloke. And I have... I don't know how I share this with our dear listener, but we have got a photograph of said Hillman with uh, the <laughs> very much made-at-home splitter. But that's that's genius. Makes me think that the French bloke that came and helped uh, had clearly had something similar happen to him <laughs> and thought, oh, no. I know, he's just been going around with his camper van or, or whatever he arrived in with <laughs> this bit of cardboard ready to help whoever had the same problem. This guy needs wind deflected from his face. <laughs> Well, that's brilliant. Yes, there Can is Can I photo. see the picture? Yeah, of course. <laughs> we should put this on Instagram or we shall. I something shall. so people go, oh, wow, that is actually quite impressive. It's not bad. <laughs> you know, I saw this picture before we started and I had, because I hadn't read the full I story. Yeah, I had I, no I, idea what yeah, I was looking at. Yeah. That's very, very good. Yeah. So to describe <laughs> it in case you're unable to look at the Instagram post or, or anything, it is, uh, imagine a Hillman Imp, I'm sure you know what that looks like. And then just in front of where the driver would be, there's a little dome, so a, like a little rainbow shaped dome. 
uh, then supported by some duct tape and possibly some electrical tape. Some it, electrical tape, duct tape. It's it's what I'm impressed with is how they've managed to secure this dirt. I mean, it's like a like a half moon. There's, so yeah, the the, the flat good. bit of the half moon is on the bonnet of the car, and then the half moon is the the bit in front. Um, and I do, how how they managed to keep it upright. It's a it's a, a feat of engineering. It is, it is of tape. Well done. Well done, Jack. <laughs> and thank you very and much, Jack, for that. French bloke. <laughs> I've got another question okay. that I can ask. Is this is a great one again because this is a kind of nonsense we talk about all the time. This is from Darren. I frequently find myself falling into the trap of looking at cheap cars that mm-hmm. were once very expensive. Prime example, the Bentley Continental GT is now purchasable for less than £15,000. Mm. I saw one recently for £8,000. No. Yeah. Uh, and I know there'll be people listening in other corners of the world going, what? Mm. Because everywhere else in the world, for some reason, Bentley Continental GTs are still very expensive. But yeah, they are sub fifteen grand now for an early one. Um, are either of you ever tempted to invest, good word, in something like this? And if so, what would your choice be? Oh. Oh, um, I mean, if we're going as if it's a Bentley Continental, mm. I, I have got a soft spot for the Bentley Continentals. Yeah. I do like them. So probably, although my garage of classic-ish vehicles, it, 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 it's, it's always a little bit problematic. Uh-huh. There's always at least one that's gone wrong. And my fear would be that to get yet another as an investment <laughs> would probably be a bad idea. So at the minute yeah, I have a yeah. an, an XJS, which is not oh, very well. I have a, an MGB, mm. which is not very well. Mm-hmm. You know, I have the Mini, which is well, but I've sawned it for the year. <laughs> so, um, it's a very British pattern here. With it is, cars, yes. Yeah. And then, so, all, so far, all, all very British cars. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, I very, very recently sold the uh, the Jaguar X-Type estate British car yeah. for a German car, which is probably so far one of the best cars that I've ever owned. And I've only had it for a few weeks. Now, you dangled a little Oxford green coloured carrot before we hit record because I had no idea you bought this one. <laughs> Let's not reveal it just yet. Okay. We will get to that because we this will. is a... I, I'm, the feeling of pride inside me is <laughs> burning like a gaslight fire. Yes, but to answer the question, um, mm. it, dep- it depends. It has to be, again, when we use that word investment. I know. It has to be very closely tied with passion and love. <laughs> as in that thing that yeah, you call yeah. an investment, you will probably break even at by the time you sell. And you have to have that passion and love for it mm. to spend all the money of the th- on the things that will go wrong. And if we're talking about Bentley Continentals, fantastic cars, great engines, but, mm. uh, you know, they're still machines. They're still going to need servicing. They're still probably going to go wrong at some point. Yeah. And then those repairs will be expensive. The thing I always like to remind myself of and others when I have these moments, because I do, is that it's... What would the Continental GT have been when it was new? Maybe one hundred and fifty thousand pounds. Let's say, let's say it was one hundred and fifty thousand pounds. It mm-hmm. might have been more. It might have been less, depending on the engine spec. Boring. <laughs> if it was one hundred and fifty thousand pounds when it was new, and it's fifteen thousand pounds now, that's very good. But it's still potentially one hundred and fifty thousand pounds worth of parts. Yes. So if it all goes wrong, everything breaks, then it's not going to be a fifteen grand worth of parts repair. It's going to be. 150 grand worth of possible. And that's the little voice of reason that always pops up in my head when I'm looking at Rolls Royce Silver Shadows from the late 1990s going, <laughs> oh my God, they're only seven grand. <laughs> mm-hmm. That'll be a brilliant car to have. 
Yeah. No. <laughs> so you don't, I mean, I can imagine, John, that you do skim oh my Water God, Trader. I do this all the time. <laughs> it's awful. It's awful. It's, um, I've this, um, my girlfriend and I, when we're sat at home watching or not watching television and, you know, aimlessly flicking through our phones until some, we're waiting for something to come on that we actually do want to watch, she'll be there on ASOS or something looking at clothes. And um, I'll be there on Auto Trader. And I would have done the thing of like engine over six liters, price under ten grand. <laughs> what have you got, Auto Trader? And it's always yeah. I, I mean, I recently actually had a um, thank you so much to Bentley for this because it was it's a completely pointless loan. Uh, Bentley Motors here in the UK gave me their Bentley Malzahn. Nice. Now, they don't make the Malzahn anymore. It it finished. It ceased production in 2020. Um, but when that car was new. It was £265,000, the exact car that I was driving. Um, if you wanted the long wheelbase one with lots of options, you could spend ridiculous money, three hundred grand plus. Um, but yeah, now I can go and buy that exact car. Now bear in mind, £265,000 in 2020. That's only two years ago. Mm-hmm. You can buy that car now for 50 grand. No. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So in my head, the sensible part of my brain goes... Oh, I mean, 50 grand is a lot of money to spend on a car. I don't have, let me make it very clear, I don't have 50,000 pounds to spend on a car. But maybe in another five or 10 years, if the if it depreciates in the same scale, then hey, it might be 20 grand, it might be 10. You never know. Because you can get Bentley Azures, you can get old shape Mulsans for less than 15 grand. There is, I guess there is a, there is a certain era, to answer your question, Aaron, where I think it's safe, and that is that kind of late 80s, early 90s Rolls-Royce and Bentley, the, yeah, the things like the Bentley Azure, Turbo R, you, I think they are kind of just pre-super, lots of electricals, lots of things mm-hmm. that could go wrong, where you could, in theory, fix it and buy it, maybe some posh suspension things you need to worry about, but, um, yeah. I think the other thing is that... And it only really dawned on me fairly recently is that people that talk about, you know, oh, if I'd held on to this car for, you know, now it'd be worth X amount or whatever. Mm. No one person or very, very rarely does that one person ever own the car for long enough to really get that appreciation. Correct. It's always, you always only ever get a snippet of it, really. Yeah, because we're the kind of people that buy these cars. We've dreamt about owning the car for years. Oh, look, a Rolls-Royce Silver Shadow. That would be a lovely thing to smoke around in. You have this lovely vision of driving to the pub on a Sunday and meeting your mates and you've got that car and that's going to be great. And then you buy it and then after six months you go, cool, right, I've had that now, so uh, <laughs> get something else. Sell it, lose a grand. Yep. And, then, and then the whole process starts again. <laughs> yep, precisely. Yeah. So, um, no, I think if you love it, invest in it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I know that I probably will, I would love to own in, I don't know, 10 years' time, uh, an Alpine A110, one of the new ones. Well. Fantastic. Yeah. I, and I think, and again, not not a great car in terms of uh, residual values, because nope. they have plummeted slightly, which is great for the likes of you and I, that want <laughs> to buy an amazing driver's car, because I think that is going to be an absolute bargain. And realistically, genuinely, I think that it's a car that will eventually creep back up. I think we're kind of getting to the point where they're maybe going to dip as low as they can go and then they'll slowly start climbing back up and that will be a great car because mm-hmm. you were quite taken by that, weren't you? Oh, I love it. Car. Yeah, really, really loved it. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, that's what I would do. Very good. Very good. But yeah. yes, yeah, um, I'm definitely into that category, Darren. Uh, old <laughs> 7 Series as well. Oh, God. The amount of time I'm like, oh, I need 38 7 Series. Long wheelbase. Oh, it's only two grand. Ooh. I've... Yeah. 
Well, yeah. should we do a story? Let's do a story. In fact, I'm going to jump to a break first okay. uh, for two reasons. Firstly, to uh, appease our advertisers. And um, secondly, so that I can have a wee. <laughs> you can, you have two fun. of those things the listener didn't need to know about. <laughs> um, so enjoy an advert from, let me guess, either Costa Coffee, the National Lottery. Um, what's the other one we keep getting on our podcasts? Oh, gosh, I can't remember. It'll be, it'll be Costa Coffee. Um, yeah, unless you're listening in the States and it'd be something completely different that I have no idea about. <laughs> anyway, here's an advert. You're listening to the Driven Chat podcast with me, uh, John and Amy, and um, I'll, I'll, I'll be back in a minute. Enjoy we'll be back your in a minute. Thank you. Thanks. The Driven Chat podcast in association with Paramex Digital. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And we're back. Did you enjoy your wee? I did. Good. Yes, thank you. It was great. Um, and we've refilled our hot drink vessels. That we have. Um, tea for you, coffee for me. Still Amy Shaw gave me, me the... Um, yes, see. <laughs> so just before we walked back into the studio, I said, oh, I'm going to... Because I, I like a black coffee. I don't like milk and things in my hot drinks. And uh, so I saved myself a bit of room to put some cold water in and then... Amy said, oh, I like the excitement. <laughs> this is genuinely what she said. I like the excitement of it cooling down and then knowing that it's time to enjoy it yeah. at the right temperature. And then what you've immediately done is slurped it and got out of my mouth. I needed a baby slurp. So it's just one of those, we knew we just, it's not bad enough to be like, ooh, it's yeah. not a panic thing. You know, where like you pick up a piece of pizza and you're like, this is really hot in my hand. I'll put it in my face. Like that thing. Yeah. It wasn't quite like that. So yeah. it, was, it was a safe slurp. I'm going to write the word pizza down on my little notepad because there's something I need to inform you of. You may already be aware of it. A new pizza place local to us that's very good. Right, okay. If I talk about it on the podcast, it's pointless and boring. And everyone else is going, I don't live in Stratford. Why would I know about pizza? Right, okay. I look forward to hearing about this. Uh, We teased with um, another story teased with oh, wait, a story no. but we also teased I'd like to uh, if, if if you don't mind I'd like to talk about the car that you've arrived to the office in today I absolutely because, can talk about this as I this. said before I had no idea you'd bought one of these and <laughs> my heart beams with pride so I'll let you do the full reveal okay so it got to the point where my lovely uh, 2009 Jaguar X-Type estate was fine mm. The person I sold it to, I do not feel guilty for selling them to. It, it just, it was definitely a car that I think we would kill very quickly with the amount of miles that we were doing on it. So it needed to be cared for a little bit more. Mm. So we then decided to go for something a little bit different, which to my other half, who was a standby Jaguar fan forever and ever. Good reason for that. Good reason, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, 
agreed to go for something more German. Uh, he gave me a call and said, hey, I, uh, I think I found uh, a, uh, a car which is probably going to do as do as well okay. and um our, our, one of our, our chaps in the workshop um called josh hi josh if you're listening hi, um josh. is also a big fan of bmw oh just i need like to meet have i met josh i don't know but you should you two yeah. would get on Brilliant. yes and he said you should get one of these and which is what we have got so i can now announce that Ladies i've not written it on my piece of paper i turned it over to read <laughs> <laughs> I've not and the it winner up. is oh no no wait it's, it's in my, it's I, in my I, head. I, I have the answers uh, it is a, a 2002 so i've gone gone a bit older mm-hmm. 2002 bmw e46 330d uh 2.9 liter so three liter straight six um Grand touring or touring, touring. I don't, touring, not touring. grand touring, just touring, touring in Oxford, Oxford Green. Oxford Green, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Oxford Green, the yes. best, the best green of the era, genuinely. My other half, we're very happy that you said that and you oh. give the seal of approval. <laughs> Oxford Green, so they did two greens. Oh no, he's gone geeky. They did two greens, Oxford and Boston. Ooh. And um, Oxford for me, they're both very close actually. Okay. They're both beautiful colours, but yeah, Oxford Oxford Green on an E46. My God, yeah. I always wanted, despite the fact that I had the Laguna Seca Blue M3, which was I loved. That was also an E46. <laughs> um, I really wanted, if I could ever find one, an Oxford Green E46 M3 because mm. I just think it's the coolest car ever. And I know somebody that has one, a guy that I used to work with at Car Throttle. Hello, Edwin, if you're listening, um, who is maybe flirting with the idea of selling it and i really want to buy it it is the best color congratulations welcome to the world of reliable motoring (laughs) 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 definitely never going to go wrong no Um, no they are on the whole in comparison to a jag the most reliable car you will ever drive yeah they're just brilliant they're just brilliant cars it's fantastic i truly truly am in love already so it's got a couple of cute characteristic like cosmetic things which mm. can be easily fixed such as a a bless it a hazy headlight so it's it's oh. a bit yeah that's fine i can polish that easy. out i think um easy. a little bit of uh, josh will do it, but josh will do it yeah. <laughs> maybe a door might need welding below one sill but nothing that yeah, i'm too scared yeah, about yeah, you know yeah. it's fine and at the minute it's it over the last two days it's driven me over 500 miles so i'm very happy with it is it an m sport no okay. oh, i'm sorry i wish oh, no, it was that's quite good so it's an se is yes yeah. i will i will go with yes but i've i've named her she oh was, of yes. course as in true fashion of course uh, she's called bertha bertha after and this is the, the kind of a bit wrong but i couldn't find it i wanted it to be after a a, a really cool female german female oh god so after bertha benz whose oh, husband right. was in the end mercedes benz mr mercedes benz oh, but before yeah. he the very very first car that was ever really created was something that he did and then he didn't really know how to show the world what his machine it wasn't called mercedes-benz at that time it was called mm. something else couldn't figure out how to um show it to the world he and needed so, a pr agent yes and so what she did was she got on this machine um get got the kids in the back on the back in the back it's on the back really yeah. of these things and then drove it for 120 miles which is in the late 1800s incredible yeah, not a thing really Mad. really broke down on the way in a little village and then obviously then had to think right how the hell am i going to fix this i think she ran out of fuel or something like that ah. so then she went into a pharmacy who had the obviously it wasn't called fuel or petrol it was called i can't remember what it was called at the time she's like i need however many liters of this mm. and he was like fine like you know shunning a woman that's trying to do this thing yeah. 
I think a, a fan belt type thing broke at that and so she ripped her tights up to use her tights uh-huh. or at least in the video that I watched that's what she did yeah. whether that's true or not I don't know but that, that pharmacy is now considered the uh, the first petrol station uh, ever wow. so yeah incredible woman really thought she's cool and probably I should have saved it until I had a Mercedes at one point in the future. <laughs> but that could after... be Bertha 2.0. <laughs> yeah. I'll call it after Bertha got a kid. I'll call it after the kid. Something like that. Yeah. Hopefully they did something really awesome and didn't turn into a horrible person. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving swiftly on. <laughs> yes. I mean, notes here. I have actually got no, no, no. Um, <laughs> well, uh, that is just wonderful. Yes. Wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you very much. What a car. What a car. Yeah, they are brilliant. Right. Do you want a story? Uh, yes, please. Okay. What have you got? Well, I've got, I'm going to do two because they're yes. quite short, but they're both individual stories about about Volkswagen Beetles. Ah. So. Where did you stand on the Beetle thing? Uh, I, I, I don't want to be. Got it. I don't get it either. I, I admire those that have it, but I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I think that with. There's a, often a comparison there between the Mini and the Beetle. And you either were a Beetle Volkswagen person or you were a Mini person. And I'm definitely a Mini person. And I look at all the old Beetles and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't really get it. I think one of the things I don't like is I think the way that today... I'm going to insult the two people. I'm about to read these out. <laughs> Some people today, the way that they own their Beetles and they properly slam them. Yeah, and they the look, dub thing. Yeah, um, it's not, oh, they rat rod them and it's not for me. And I just think, why? But maybe I'm yeah. wrong. Well, I think I, I am. Yeah, mm, it, yeah it's, mm. it's a thing. It's not my thing. Yeah, everyone's you, entitled to do their own thing, their own thing with their cars, um, and should be respected for it. Except for three D number plates. <laughs> Get them off yeah. now. And those weird, like new, they're definitely illegal. Those really, really reflective front windscreen oh things. My they're like God. orangey purple. God. If if you are driving <laughs> your car right now and you are thinking. Do you know what would make my 140i BMW look even better? It would be a weird... I don't even I don't know, know what, what you I don't call know what they are. it. But it's a windscreen tint where... You remember on old digital cameras where they used to put the anti-glare coating on the camera <laughs> and then you'd accidentally touch it with your fingerprint so you'd have like a weird multicoloured reflective fingerprint on the back of a screen. Your whole car windscreen looks like that and it looks so stupid. It does look stupid. And it's y- ridiculous. They usually also have the 3D number plates as well. No, just plonkers. It, who, who in the world is going, who looks at another one? There's a, um, there's a Halfords not far from where you and I live, uh, Halfords workshop. And I'm guessing one of the employees there, uh, it's his car. So he's got a little one series BMW. It parks out the front and he's got this orange, bizarre, orange reflective tinted windscreen. And I can't tell you how crap it looks. (laughs) Cannot even begin to tell you. Maybe you should tell him. I, but what, you know, it's just awful. But I think if I was the owner of Halfords and I was driving down the road and I saw that part out of the establishment, I'd go in and go, sorry, can we move that customer's car? Oh, you work here? Well, you're sacked. Because <laughs> it's awful. I don't get it. If somebody can email me and explain how or why tinted windscreens and ridiculously bulbous, bubbly, gel-filled 3D number plates are a good thing, then... Is that what they are? Gel? I yeah, like, like... They're, gel, they're like sponge... Oh, no, if you're, the only stupid. acceptable 3D number plates are if it's of the time period of like the 70s or it's something correct. like that. Yeah. You correct. allowed that. Pressed plate or something like that, mm-hmm. or yeah, 1970s, black on yellow, or white on 
were black on white front and back. No problem with that. If it came out the factory like that, go for it. Enjoy it. Because my MGB's got one. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's fine. I mean, yeah. yeah. We've gone off a tangent. Sorry, it's, it's Beatles. Fine. It's it, you. That rant was well, well deserved. <laughs> well executed. Yes. <laughs> right then. <clears throat> From Liam. So. In 2007, I had just passed my driving test and had bought a 1966 Volkswagen Beetle as my first car. I took my girlfriend at the time out for the first Saturday after I passed my test. We went for dinner at a country pub. On the way back, we got a flat. We got out the spare no problem until I lowered the jack and the spare was flat as well. Uh, Yeah, have also had that. I walked to an old garage petrol station nearby. He didn't have a can of tyre weld, but had some old inner tubes out the back and sold me a tube and lent me a pair of tyre levers. We managed to fit it by headlight, but got absolutely filthy. Wound up cost me two tyre shoes, tights, a dress and an AA membership. Second time we went out, uh, had to use her tights as a fan belt. I still have the car, but I haven't seen the girlfriend in a long time. Aww. The ex-girlfriend, I might have to say. Maybe it was a bit weird if it was I... still the girlfriend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's my girlfriend. Haven't seen her in years. I was hoping that was going to be like a, a, a relationship forged in crisis. <laughs> it's either they're make or break really breakdowns, aren't they? they? Are. With in crises, is good yeah. effort though. Yeah. Getting tire off with tire tire bars. My God, yeah. I couldn't know that would not be sense. fun. But I mean, to lead off from that mm, Beatles story, yes. I have a second short Beatles story, which also I quite like. This is from Julian Roberts. So he says, "My first car." a dark green 1968 Beetle, rusty as hell. Ah. It was the mid-90s and I was 25. Things would literally fall off it as I drove along. For example, part of the heating duct under the car, the hooter, and once the entire exhaust. Anyway, I was smitten with a beautiful young lady from work, and I asked her out. I picked her up and we were driving down a quiet, deserted country lane when we ran out of petrol. Petrol? Petrol. (laughs) Petrol. Of course, the gauge did not work. I have also done this on the M1 with my Defender. Yeah. Another story. Um, The the look on her face was very, very bad indeed. She obviously thought (laughs) that I had planned this and was planning something. (laughs) What, murder? Well, I think he he said an attack or something. But I mean, if it was me, I would think, I would either think am I about to be attacked, murdered, or are you going to try something funny and I'm going to have to hit you with my shoe or something like that. (laughs) I wouldn't, that's domestic abuse. No, I wouldn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) I was mainly saying if anyone's plotting that as an idea, hey, this is a great opportunity. No, don't do that. No, that's weird. Don't do that. So, he, uh, he, he, the look on her face was very, very bad. She didn't fancy sitting in the car in the middle of nowhere as I went off to walk to the nearest garage, so she came with me, hoping to get to civilization and away from me as soon as possible. Mm. It wasn't a pleasant walk, as you can imagine. I didn't get a second date. <laughs> Which was, I'm sorry, Julia, it's probably for the best at that. But um, Maybe. Yeah, maybe. If you bought a Mini, it might have worked. It might have worked <laughs> because of the, this 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 car has, is done in the dirty because he he leads on to say also and this is ridiculous the throttle cable in this Beetle once snapped and we were on the motorway going home from Cornwall again we were twenty five and stupid we cut a guide rope from our tent tied it to the carb fed it out of the engine bay down the side of the car and in through my window to my hand for about 250 miles i operated the accelerator by pulling on a bit of string how we are still alive i do not know it's just well, good old-fashioned hand controls that- <laughs> you see no problem with this i've got a couple of friends that drive with hand controls that's genius <laughs> very well done julian well done julian ingenious ingenious and, um, 
Yeah. Well. Sorry for your, your, your failed relationship with the girl at work. Yeah. I'd like to know how the, the, the Monday at work following that ordeal went. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hi, Sharon. How are you? Yeah. Don't talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm busy. Go away. Um, but again, she wasn't the one. No, she was she not. She wasn't the one. Because, she didn't you know, laugh and then you, go. You're, those of us that are in this weird world of unreliable car and, and adventures, um, this is going to happen. <laughs> They're going to mm-hmm. break down. And if that partner of yours, whoever they are, he, she, they, whatever, if they don't get it... They ain't right. They ain't right. Mm-mm. It's not for you. Have you broken down with uh, your girlfriend yet? Uh, no. Mm, no, we haven't broken down. We did have a drive in my little Z3M coupe, which... Um, so, interestingly, I've basically about to conflict everything that I've just said, because my lovely other half, Amy, hello, who does occasionally listen... Um, through sympathy more than anything else. <laughs> uh, she, I wouldn't say she's a petrol head. Okay. She can appreciate a nice car, but she's she has no interest really in coming with me on track days and things like that. Um, and I don't blame her for that. So we we have had a couple of times where, you know what it's like, you need to do a bit of a car shuffle. You've got some cars over there and other cars over there. You've got to drive to that town to get that car. You need a lift to get that one or we need to jump into one car to go get the other one. And um, yeah, she came for a drive in my very, 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 track day focused m coupe uh, which was very bumpy and stiff and we were going down some quite bumpy stiff back lanes and yeah i think in her words it was i'm glad i've experienced it um <laughs> but i i wouldn't say i'm excited to get in the car again which is fine which is fine the, the way you say fine makes me think you're not that fine about <laughs> it no no it's a funny fine. one i yeah i it, <laughs> No, there's no, uh, there's no. God, I wish she loved uh, unreliable cars more. There's nothing like that. It's, uh, yeah, it's you know, that's it. She doesn't want to do the crashy, loud stuff. That's that's fine. That's fine. She was very happy to drive around in the Bentley Marzano. That's fine. <laughs> Seven Series loves that. Yeah. Nice. Did you have more? Did you have questions coming to your? No, I had no questions. Oh, right, fine. Well, that's, so that's you have easy. all the questions. I've I have all the stories. Well, I mean, we're how many stories? I have one more that... story, oh. which I was going to let you read. Okay, well, let's do that. Or shall we do? I've got a few questions here actually. Okay, uh, they're all from Simon. Thank you, Simon. Uh, what's, what's Simon's surname? Because my last story is also from a Simon. I didn't know if it's the same Simon. Ah, that's the yeah, the reason I, all I asked. Si- all of our yes. listeners are actually called Simon. <laughs> Hi, um, Simon. Simon's questions. Uh, his first one is: Whatever happened to the Driven Chat TikTok channel? I only downloaded the app for it. Well, it still exists as far as I'm aware. I think one came up in my, um, my, my feed literally yesterday. Let me actually double check right now. This is always a risk. It? It's <laughs> going to start playing some sort of ridiculous loud noise. Um, but we do have a TikTok yeah. account and we're not particularly good at uploading. No, it's still there. Yeah, there we go. The last one I put up was of a mini John Cooper Works being delivered off of a trailer. Um, and the one before that is me sat in the back of a modified taxi I think talking about how luxurious it is. I then get into an argument in the comments with people that accuse me of not being able to speak English properly. <laughs> so uh, if you want to find that. I was going to say, I didn't want, initially when I was like, oh, look, Driven Chats popped up and um, I should look at the, the videos. And I went on the, the feed and I mm. the next video along, as you said, was you having a, a very, well, look, look like a very lovely time in, in the back of the car. And I thought, yes. well, I that just makes me jealous. So I'm not going to watch it. But now <gasps> you've said that. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. Well, I'm very jealous about your trip to America, so I'm not going to talk to you for the rest of the podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so. Well, okay. You talk to me and I'll watch your video. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. I can read the comments. Deal. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, yeah, Simon, the TikTok account is still there. Um, anyone else wanting to follow what we do on TikTok, feel free. Um, 
I'm just not very good at posting on it. <laughs> we'll try and get better. Uh, we are looking for a social media person at the moment, actually. If anyone's interested, uh, podcast at drivenchat.com. If you're particularly good. I'm actually talking to a few people about it, so I'll email you back, but yeah, who knows? Anyway, <laughs> thank you, Simon. Uh, the next one, uh, what do you think of Cupra cars? Which I think is quite an interesting question. Cupra, Cupra. as in the offshoot of Seat. Yes, Got which it. is an offshoot of Volkswagen. Um, I like them, mm-hmm. but I still don't quite understand. Yeah. Like, it's not like it's a different body shape much. There's bits mm. of it, maybe. But it's still, at the end of the day, you still you can see you're still driving around in the Seat. Okay, but is that a bad thing? No. But you're paying... Are you paying... <laughs> you just did that high-pitched thing. Yeah. <laughs> maybe makes it sound like it is a bad thing. <laughs> I just... I, like, a, a friend of mine has, has, a, has a... Is it uh, is a Cupra? Coop, what, how do you pronounce it? Cupra. Cupra, not Cupra. Uh, if you're from Coventry, you'd say Cupra. Okay. <laughs> Cupra. It's close enough, Leicester. Copra. Yeah. The, uh, I, I just think to myself, well, why? I don't know if they are. I, I, like, I'm saying this with no knowledge whatsoever, so mm. please don't judge me because I've never um, really driven one. I've never looked at the price of them, but I feel that you're just paying more money for practically the same thing with a couple of mods. Mm. Am I wrong? You're about um, to tell me I am, and that's good. Well, we're, we're, I don't. I'll be honest. Informed. I don't know enough. I like the idea. I like the idea of driving a Seat more than I do a Volkswagen. Yes. And I don't really know why, but I do. Um, and everyone in the world knows that it's pretty much the same product now. If you go and buy a certain model of Seat, it is just a Volkswagen Golf. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Cupra, just a bit more of a modified. I quite like them. Um, but then I'd be quite happy just rocking around in the Seat. If I wanted a small little Volkswagen Golf type of thing, I'd go and get the Seat equivalent. Because sometimes they're a bit cheaper than the Volkswagen one and they're just as good. Yeah. And then in that weird diesel gate thing, remember then that was a thing a good few years ago, nobody wanted to go and buy Volkswagens because everyone just went, oh, Volkswagen, bad. Volkswagen badge equals bad. Kill planet. I'll go and buy a Seat instead. (laughs) Uh, So Seat, uh, or the Volkswagen group, put loads more money into Seat to make the cars look slightly cooler with better wheels, better standard spec options. And um, Johnny Consumer just went, oh, yeah, Seat, better. Better for planet. Um, went and bought that instead, not realising that it's actually just the same thing from the same factory and the same parts. Huh. Anyway. There so, yeah, Simon, uh, good cars. Go for them. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't say no. Wouldn't say no. No, there no. we are. No. I haven't had one as a press car. Might consider one. If the Volkswagen group are listening. Oh, no, in fact, I've got been invited to a Volkswagen thing in a few, <laughs> a few weeks. So maybe I will drive one. Maybe you will. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, great. Um, Any more questions? There is one more. We've had this from a few people, actually. Where's Andy J? Well... Long story short, he's he's moved on. He's gone off to do other bits and pieces, as is the world in this bizarre world of media stuff. Um, other things come along and other opportunities, and we go and focus on things. And, and he's done exactly that. So, yeah, we wish Andy all the best in his pursuits. But I mean, for a, if you're an exclusive podcast listener, um, you, you wouldn't have heard Andy's voice until since like, before Christmas. But you know, we started off as a team of four. It was uh, you and I, Amy, with John Quirk and Andy. Uh, John then went off and did other things. Andy's now gone off and done other things. We are still doing other things whilst doing this, and our team has expanded in different ways. We've had a Rachel come along and join us, and. Yeah, so that's how it is. It's no, it's never planned. It was never planned to be a format of this is the the four and or this is the three or this is the whatever. It is just a, a collection of people that get involved in bits and pieces. So yeah, so Andy is no longer with us. He's gone off to do other things. We that made it sound very morbid. He's still around. Oh, he's alive. <laughs> yeah, he is alive. Yeah, alive and well. 
Um, but yeah, that's it. So uh, yeah, um, he, chances I won't be on the podcast. Um, and that's that. So yeah. Nothing sinister or dark or nobody's dead, <laughs> which is nice. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Isn't it great when nobody dies? Oh, shall I read your story? The, uh, from Simon. Simon's story, which is yep. a different Simon as far as I can work out. Okay. I've not read the story, so again, it's a surprise for me. Aha. Okay. Right. Nice brief one. I haven't read it either, so I'm reading it blind. <laughs> Please open your eyes. You won't be able to read it. <laughs> Just over 30 years ago, I visited British Columbia in Canada at Christmas and hired a car to drive about in. Many, many cars from the 80s and 90s vie the title for the world's most unimpressive car. And this was one of them. A slab-shaped hatchback called the Toyota Tercel. Tercel? I've never even heard Tercel of Tercel. Tercel or Tercel? Tercel. T-E-R-C-E-L. Like turtle, but okay. Tercel. Tercel. Might have to Google image of Tercel whilst I'm reading this. One... Early evening, after dark, I pulled into a roadside diner for a cup of coffee. When I went in, it was clear and dry outside. But in the half hour or so that I was inside, a blizzard deposited fully, placing two feet of snow, whiting out everything. My word. As I tentatively made my way back down the highway, realising I was going in the wrong direction, I attempted a U-turn. But halfway through this manoeuvre, I realised the front wheels were spinning, but I was going nowhere. (laughs) Surveying the problem with growing sense of unease, I realised I'd driven over the barrier on the central (laughs) reservation, now entirely obscured by snow. And I was now perfectly balanced, grounded on top of it. Good work, Simon. As I considered my limited options, a giant log truck pulled up, Canadian roads are full of such log trucks. Two bearded, baseball cap-wearing, tartan-shirted men mountains, we can all imagine exactly what these (laughs) men look like, got out and they walked over. Without even bothering to discuss options, they laid hands on both ends of the vehicle, picked it up and walked it across to the road, much like anyone might reposition a dining room table and with seemingly no more inconvenience. These men sound amazing. Astonished, I managed to croak a rather beta male expression of thanks, to which the logger mountains economically replied, as studdedly polite Canadians do. Welcome. <laughs> Brilliant. That's the end of the story. That's it. Wow. Thank you, Simon. That is a good story. Again, we get, we've got some very talented listeners that can write things. Yeah, if you are a talented listener that can write things uh, or have a good story or both, preferably both. Preferably both. Then please do. We, we love these stories and yeah. they make us laugh. So please yeah. do send them in to uh, podcast.drivenchat.com for our next listeners' letters, whenever that may be. What a pro. Thanks. That was non-scripted, dear listener. <laughs> that just came out. It's because I really like the story. I love reading people's stories. I know, This I is what too. I think classic car or silly car ownership is all about, is these stories. Yeah. Like, it didn't, I suppose it didn't have to be classic cars, but it just the, the, the driving people, mm. we do have these, because they become funny stories rather than, yeah, I think yeah. if you're not car people, they just continue to be ordeals forever and ever. Yep. Everyone ever who's ever owned a classic car or moves in those circles has a disaster story in a car um so yeah do as amy says if you want us to if you have one of those stories and even if even if maybe you're not a, a you regard yourself as a very talented writer put down the bullet points and we can we can fluff the rest yeah, we, 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 can, we can pad it out john's a very good writer you you're a good you're a good fluffer of writing 
I'm glad you followed <laughs> it up with of writing. <laughs> of talking there to. There is a certain profession <laughs> in that term which is n- not so complimentary. <laughs> anyway. Um, well, where are, where are we now? We're, we've been going for quite some time. I don't I'm trying know to think how if I've missed out. We, well, we were 45 minutes before our ad break. We're now at 29 minutes and 35 seconds um, with some bit of editing, clever editing, because I lost my pace in some notes um so yeah i guess we should maybe start rounding things up lots of things for you to see in the in the website on the website english is my first language (laughs) including articles that i have written about the bmw i4 m50 which i had on loan first ever full ev bmw that i have driven Mm. quite an impressive thing but slightly heavy Oh. Still not entirely sure that BMW M actually had anything to do with it. Mm, it's a bit disappointing. Like two and a half tons or something. Really My nice. word. Yeah. Uh, but blisteringly fast and very funny and very entertaining for my girlfriend who just sat in the passenger seat and giggled for a week because <laughs> it was so quick. Um, I've also done a back-to-back review. This will be available to watch on our YouTube channel, I hope, I want to say, in the next couple of weeks. The mini John Cooper Works. I had an anniversary edition John Cooper Works delivered to my office. Cool. and then immediately afterwards had that swapped with a Mini E. Oh. oh, how long did you have the John Cooper Works for? I had both for a week. So oh. I took the John Cooper Works down to Goodwood to yep. do the revival and other bits and pieces. I did quite a few miles in the in the John Cooper Works. And then um, I wanted to basically see if the Mini E is all the Mini you need. Do, you, do we need a John Cooper Works version? Do we need a sporty hot hatch version of a Mini when the Mini E is almost as quick and... Is a great little city car, albeit a full EV. Well, you'll have to look <laughs> at the website to find out. Yeah, well, yeah, it's gonna that one's gonna be a video. So yeah, have a, a look video. at our YouTube okay. channel and make sure you're subscribed, and you'll see when that comes out. Um, I won't give it too many spoilers away, but I will say is the Mini John Cooper Works might be the stiffest car I've ever driven. I love the John Cooper Works lot. Did you? Yeah, oh, okay. Really enjoyed it, but again, I suppose one of the reasons is because I did borrow what I considered at the time to be the worst new Mini of the Mini Countryman. Ah. The big SUV, not even an SUV yeah, type it's thing. Like weird in-between yeah, weird So from, you know, hardcore classic Mini owner to getting the thing that everyone has always said is not a Mini because it's mm. massive. Yeah. But it's the John Cooper Works version. I thought it was one of those where Mini dropped it off and I thought, well, beggars can't be choosers and it's a, <laughs> it's a new car for me to drive around in. Yeah, for free. For free. I'll take some of the pictures of it and order to see how it goes. And it, I treated it when I first sat in it. I thought, fine, I, I can deal with this. Mm. Anyway, had it for I can't remember how long, a couple of months. Loved it. Really found it great. I was like, if I was a, if I had kids or anything, or you're need, a yummy mummy. If I was a yummy mummy, this would be the car I'd have. Strap the kids in the back, then whizzing. Honestly, really enjoyed it. So, mm. but, but then again, I'm not a racing driver like you, John. So you might I'm get not into a it. Racing driver. You, you do about a hundred track days. A year. A day. <laughs> a day, yeah. Yeah, but it, I, it was, there was a lot I did like about the John Cooper works. Um, I loved the silly engine sounds and turbo whooshes and things like that. That that was all very entertaining, quite good fun. But the, my gripe, as I, as you will see when you watch the video, is that in the, the driver modes, like ev- any other, or most other car products, is you have the, the luxury of going from various driver modes. You might have it in eco or in comfort or in sport. Yeah, but nobody sport puts plus. it in eco, do they? 
Well, no, no. <laughs> Occasionally. Yeah, right Do you there. put it in to try it and then you yeah, yeah, quickly yeah, yeah. go back as out a, again? As a motoring journalist, I trial the setting. I discover it's completely pointless and then I put it back into sport. But my gripe was that in sport mode or sport plus, I can't remember what they called it. It might just been sport. Um, it firms up the suspension, but you have no overall customization. So in other BMW products, airing my choice of words carefully here because it is a BMW product, essentially, you can put your M3, for example, into Sport Plus, but then you can customise the suspension to keep the suspension soft. Mm. So you can have the responsive throttle, go fast, make all the fun noises, but nice, soft, comfy suspension and the comfort steering, which I love. That's my go-to setting in an M in an M car. It's fastest engine and throttle response, softest suspension and steering, because then it's just lovely and subtle. And great. <laughs> you can't see this, but John is doing what looked like a little octopus impression. I with was, his arms yeah. Out then with the Waving suspension, <laughs> replicating a front and rear end axle, navigating over some bumps. Um, <laughs> or if you're looking through a studio window right now, some sort of weird dance. Uh, and, and the mini John Cooper works. You can't do that. So you mm. put it into sport mode, and you are full bonkers firm suspension it's got these tiny tiny little elastic bands for tires from the low profile tires which were also run flat so it just it was way too firm for me i think if i was a 19 year old driving it i'd be the boy i think it was the coolest thing ever but 35 year old me with a bit of gut was like oh god this is just ridiculous um yeah uh so yeah look out for that that's coming soon on the uh, youtube channel where me pulling all sorts of strange faces whilst i drive around in a mini royal enfield scram 411 mm. that's my latest motorcycle loan cool which i still have parked outside my house at the moment um that's a have you had to go on one of those no, no. The only ones mm. I've borrowed from Royal Enfield are the Interceptor and then very briefly the Continental GT. Yeah. But um, no, Interceptor I've done quite a lot of and loved it. Himalayan I did a bit of riding in India. So, but no, not the... Scram. So scram. the Scram is effectively... Is it called, is it the Scram or is it, is that you just saying that's short for Scrambler or something No, no, like it's that? called, it's the, literally called it the Scram. It's called the Scram 411. Yeah, it's a little single cylinder. So it is effectively the Himalayan. Got but it. it's got slightly different fairings, slightly different wheel... Um, that handles slightly differently, but it is the same engine. So if you've experienced that that sheer power from that single <laughs> cylinder 411cc engine, um, then you kind of know what to expect. But that's quite an impressive little thing, and it's so cheap. Yep. I can't get my head around it, but it's a brand new motorcycle that will you could happily ride this anywhere every single day. I've been commuting back and forth to the office on it. I've been to a few events on it. I just if I had have the luxury of a free Sunday afternoon or a Saturday afternoon, I'll go for a quick zip around the Cotswolds, which aren't too far from me. And it is brilliant. And it's four and a half thousand pounds. So brand this, new. This is what I find incredible and why I really love Royal Enfield. Because yeah. um so just to to kind of go on the off of that, I've recently borrowed the, the trip that I went on my with my dad on, um yes. I borrowed a beautiful Triumph Bonneville T T120 Gold Line Edition, which is a 1200cc beautiful motorcycle. Mm. And honestly, it was probably, I don't know if I'm going to upset some people, probably one of the best bikes I've ridden. I really, really, really loved it. For the type of riding that I do and the road trippy side of things mm. and the, the styling, stunning. Big, big love for it. Would happily, happily have one. However, mm. when you've got a price tag of nearly £13,000, Suddenly, like, ooh, but damn Royal Enfields. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah. it depends on what your budget is and how you want to ride and what you're doing with it. But big love for both brands. It's um, yeah, I it's it's really interesting you said that because I had the Continental GT Royal Enfield. 
prior to this one, which you've had a go on mm-hmm. as well. And, and it's the same engine and very similar to the Interceptor, slightly different handling. But I again, my written article, which you can go and read, by the way, if you want to have a read of my things, uh, drivenchat.com, you can have a look at that. The um, In my article, I wrote, I was thinking, well, it's £6,700, which is almost half the price of the equivalent Triumph. Mm-hmm. And throughout my time with the bike, I, I was thinking, you know, is the Triumph twice the bike? Is it, does it warrant that extra cost? And I know that there are various economics that make the Royal Enfield as cheap as it is, i.e. they churn them out in mass mass produced numbers in India. That's where their core market is. And that enables them to produce the bikes at a lower cost. Um but I was so impressed with it for the value. It did make me think, you know, why, why on earth would anyone spend an extra, another six grand on the Triumph version? I know it has a bigger engine and all that sort of stuff, but you are quite taken by it, by the sounds of it. Yeah. Mm. Big love. Mm. So, mm. yeah, I would still, if somebody say, said to me now, would you rather have a brand new Royal Enfield or a second, third hand Triumph Bonnie? I would be really, really stuck. That is very I don't interesting. Know. Yeah, I really don't know. Ooh. I think I'd just Ooh. not buy either and just just, just suffer and just not really know <laughs> what to do. Um, yeah, that is a that is a very yeah. I think I'd struggle as well. I haven't actually driven a bunny or ridden a bunny, so I maybe cool. I should get on to Triumph and see if they're happy to let me have a go because um, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I think if you were to if you wanted to customize heavily customize mm. any bike, then the Royal Enfield is definitely the way That's to go true. for sure. Um, I think if you want to get on and go. I would probably go with the Triumph if that you know your, your budget allows. Um, this is actual. This is proper actual. Ad, here. Yeah, actual advice here, isn't it? Right. <laughs> but that's only that's the only thing I've borrowed recently. Um, our friends at Partridge, Partridge BMW. Yes. Um, I did a shoot with yesterday. Um, oh, lovely. very lovely, lovely lot. Um, but I'm borrowing another car from them soon. Mm-hmm. Um, how, however, we're going back to the beg- beggars can't be choosers thing. So the last time I borrowed a car from them, it was a BMW x5 yeah uh, lovely yeah very very lovely and then this time they said hey do you want to borrow an x5 and i've gone hey i'm I'm not going to turn down any car that you offer to me however if there is an, a, a different one you know that i can maybe try for, for something to a difference then yeah. i'd be very grateful but i'm not going to say no to the uh-huh. x5 so i don't know what i'm going to be borrowing yet but it'll be something oh yes you had an x7 before didn't you i think as well a huge enormous one yes i did i think i borrowed Borrowed an X. Oh, maybe I borrowed seven. Maybe I've not borrowed the X five. I thought I borrowed an X five. Anyway, who knows who now? Knows? <laughs> who knows what you're going to get? It was an X something. Mm. I think I was imagining a bit more of a nice kind of a saloony thing rather than an SUV thing. I think you want to have a go in the seven series. Mm. I Partridge gave me a seven series last year for a week and absolutely sublime really? i think that was the one i took to the revival we did the bonhams episode with revival mm, uh, nice or we did the revival episode with bonhams i should say <laughs> last september and i opted for rather than an m3 m4 m5 i was like actually i quite like to have the seven series and i drove that thing to land's end and back mm, wow it was beautiful lovely um so and yes. I'm going down to Cornwall with my mum, and so I think oh, the 7 Series, it's... Yeah. That'd be, you can put your mum in the back, she can <laughs> yeah. fold the front seat down so that the footrest comes out, and it, she can sit in luxury having a massage. But realistically, she's going to go, no, I've got to sit in the front, I feel sick in the back. That's what she... <laughs> <laughs> I, want to, I want to see the road and where we're going. That's what she'll be like. Excellent. <laughs> um, well, and there's a, there's a nice little reminder, actually, speaking of our friends at Partridge BMW, we now have finally released on 
our YouTube channel, our celebration of 50 years of BMW M. It wasn't a huge chore uh, coming up with the idea of making that video. It's taken an awfully long time to edit it, and we've been so busy doing other bits and pieces, but it is now live and available to view on our YouTube channel for free. Isn't that hey. mad? We give you this stuff for free. So, yeah, go and have a look. Uh, YouTube.com forward slash Driven Chat, or just search for Driven Chat. You'll see it. There's a thumbnail of me looking slightly confused next to an E30 M3. And I basically spend half an hour talking about every BMW M model ever, nearly. I bet you loved that. I did enjoy the uh, I did enjoy the, the two days that we spent filming with these cars. Yeah, <laughs> pretty cool. Very, very cool. So that's there for you to enjoy. Other stuff coming soon as well. Bentley Molzano mentioned it earlier. We did a video with that. I did some filming with Luke and you can see that probably in the next week or so. I've just gone through the first draft and that's something to enjoy. What a car. What I a do. car, Amy Shaw. I do. And there's, honestly, Bentley as a whole, big love. Big love. And and this one, I mean, the Molzano is my favourite, I think. Favourite recent years, Bentley. And the last, what I would regard as the true... Bentley limousine because mm. we now have the Continental Flying Spur including the long wheelbase or extended wheelbase if we're using Bentley terminology which is fantastic I haven't driven one I've driven one briefly a good few years ago but I haven't driven a recent one uh, but of course it's all the new um, there's a lot of Volkswagen tech in there and, and the engines are blisteringly brilliant it's got W12s and all sorts which are still hand built here in the UK but the engine that was in that Bentley Mazan the six and three quarter litre twin turbocharged v8 that originally went into a car in 1959 wow which is just mind-bending a 1959 engine which of course has been improved and refined that is the, the engine that still powers the bentley Mazan to this day and it's just everything about it absolute masterpiece of a car but you can see me getting all gushy about that <laughs> on the youtube channel very soon and we have got some cool things coming up i've got a kia Ooh, okay. Kia EV6 coming in the next couple of weeks. They How recently have they changed their logo? Very recently. I think it's cool. I like it. Whenever it I look at it. It was confusing at first. It was. I was like, what is this thing? And then mm. I figured it out. I was like, nice one, Kia. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When it first came out, a lot of people were like, does it say Nyan or, or <laughs> Nevi? Or, uh, but yes, the Kia is here with their all new look. I think Kia are making some fantastic looking cars at mm -hmm. the moment. And yep. uh, I... I have a wedding coming up. A good friend of mine from school is getting married in Edinburgh. And I realised that the drive from my house to the wedding venue is to the mile, the range of a Kia EV6. Really? So I sheepishly wrote an email to Kia going, hi, guys, um, <laughs> I'm going to this wedding and I want to drive um, a car up there. Um, can I use your EV6? Because it's the, the distance is the same as the range. And I almost expected them, as I think most manufacturers would come back and go, uh, you can borrow the car, but maybe don't make a point of doing that range because EV range doesn't always reflect real-time range and stuff like that. But they were like, yeah, cool, go for it. Interesting. So I'm, I'm have a go. I'm intrigued. It'll become an article and you can read it on our website. Are you doing it on the... No, you'll be doing it the day before. Edinburgh's really fine. You'll be doing it the day before. So you have got... If, if things went oh, a gosh, bit wrong... Oh, gosh, yeah, no, I'm not... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, that would, that, would yeah. make, that would make for an interesting interesting video if you're doing it. Just, <laughs> <laughs> especially if it was your own wedding. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I would... Sorry, I darling. I would watch that. I can't make it. I am um, just... Utilizing a fast charger on the M. <laughs> so yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be. I'm thinking I might do the range thing on the way home. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I'll, get, I'll find a fast charger in Edinburgh to charge it up, and then and then crack on home. But yeah, it should be interesting. And I, I mean, I genuinely am excited. I'm I'm as excited about getting the new Kia as I am about driving things like Bentley Malzans because cool. it's just something I've not yet experienced, and I want to see 
clearly there are hundreds of them on the road, so they must be they must be doing something right. Mm-hmm. Let's see what it is. Nice. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so I hinted before, I've got some exciting days where I'll be driving a lot of Volkswagens and some BMWs at various press events. So I will bring you some content on there, which most of it you'll see on our Instagram account, at Driven Chat. And if you want to follow Amy Shaw, at Amy Shaw Photography. And if you want to follow me, at John Markar. How do you spell that surname? Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I've given up. Give it up. That was good. Um, I think, Amy Shaw, we have two equal parts there uh, with an advert break in the middle, appeasing our advertisers, companies such as Camelot and Costa Coffee. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, anything else? Any other business? No, I think that's all, all the bits of paper and the uh, turning them over and the things. Of, everything has been read out. Good. Yeah. Good. 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 Right. Nice uh, chat, John Marker. That was... I've, I've enjoyed myself. I've enjoyed, enjoyed myself, myself too. Um, and of course, just to remind you, dear listener, whilst you're listening to this, Amy's currently on holiday in... York. And I'm currently sat by a pool in Tenerife. <laughs> <laughs> you look so smug. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Which is going to be nice. Uh, but then I'll be back immediately and bring you more content straight after. Next week, you've got another episode coming your way. Uh, quite, an, quite a nice one, actually. Especially if you're a bike fan. If you're Ooh. a British superbike fan. If you're a TT Isle of Man fan. You'll be very excited because Rachel Downey and I went and sat down with Peter Hickman, who is the outright TT lap record holder. Wait until you hear the average speed of that lap record. It is completely bonkers. Is is it him that's got the on-board footage? There is some on-board footage <sighs> with him. He is an annoyingly talented motorcycle rider. I still uh, find yeah. it amazing when they, when they any rider that has the on-board footage that they commentate of what they were thinking at the time. Yeah, the level of detail of thinking. Not even oh, I need to take this corner from this angle. This is my turning point, breaking point, whatever. It's oh, there's a there's a manhole cover on the floor there. Yep. I have to be careful, especially or X time in the evening. The sun gets really low. I know there's a wall there or something. Yep. And, and the yep. the whole spatial awareness. It's not like you're on a on a track where everything is safe. Really, mm-hmm. that I find really that's the thing that I'm like these these men and, and women are it's, insane. It's mind bending. And if you're listening to this, going well, I don't really like bikes. Um, there's so much more to this conversation than just motorcycles and just racing uh, because the because of exactly what you've said there Amy the the kind of mentality and the way that you think when you're putting yourself into environments like this is it's otherworldly mm-hmm. really because a lot of us with rational thinking brains wouldn't even think about doing it because in our heads it's like no that's going to be a disaster it's all going to go wrong Peter and the other guys that race with him don't think like that Mm-hmm. and the way that they do think is fascinating so yeah look out for that episode that's going to be coming next week um, and yeah you'll you'll love it you'll enjoy that one so that one is coming soon otherwise we will continue to bring you more content and yes of course if you would like to if you're listening thinking oh yeah I've got a good story and I want to write it again podcast at drivenchat.com is our email address if you want to send us a story uh, just general comments remarks bits and pieces whatever you would like us to know about send it in yeah we love reading them yes we do and we read them all every single one and I hope I have now read everyone so if I have missed one out then it will, we'll get to it I promise I promise good thanks right see you next time see you next time see you next month yeah have a lovely time travelling the world thanks being a an lot. influencer in the world <laughs> thanks a lot thanks for listening speak to you soon bye bye
oh wow, you've made it to the end. The very end. And it's John Markar here again, reminding you that this podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now run its course and has come to an end. To find the new format, search the Driven podcast in your preferred podcast app or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps. Thanks. Bye.